Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Yoruba traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Let the talking drum speak. Let the talking drums speak about the aftermath of creation, the burgeoning of humanity, and the spiritual beings, the Orishas, who wished to nurture it. It was a time when laws were not yet made, cities were not yet built, paths were not yet forged. When a new world was just a spark, hoping to ignite a fire. The Orisha Obatala created human beings out of clay. But he did so while drunk on palm wine. And so these creatures were not perfect. In fact, they were damaged. They needed help if they were to survive. And the Orishas were eager to offer it. So down from the sky, the Orishas came to the world below. Down, down Obatala's golden chain. Down, down onto the earth with love in their hearts and magic in their hands. Down, ready to use the gifts I, Olorun, gave them to help nurture this infant world. Down, to further mold the life Obatala created. They were Oya, the wind warrior of death. Yamaya and Oshun of the waterways. Shango with his thunder and lightning, and Eshu with his trickery. And the most thrilled of them all was Obatala, who created the fragile humans they were all so eager to meet. But not everyone wanted to influence humanity. For one Orisha, mankind's delicate nature was not exciting, but terrifying. In that way, one of them stood alone. And his name was Ogun. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today's story continues our series on the Orishas. We began with the story of Obatala, the Orisha of human creation, who fashioned a golden chain to travel between the sky and the earth. There he created humans and planted the seeds for their world to grow. But Obatala's story was just the beginning. It would be up to another Orisha by the name of Ogun to make sure humanity survived. And his task was not an easy one. For as Ogun would soon learn, with every creation comes destruction. Coming up, the Orishas realize civilization is just out of reach. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Yoruba faith is an ancient belief system. It originated in present-day Nigeria, Togo, and Benin, but was spread throughout the world as a result of the 16th-century transatlantic slave trade. Despite European and Christian attempts to oppress the practices of the Yoruba, the religion refused to be extinguished. Instead, it merged and evolved with the practices of colonizers. Therefore, the essence of the Yoruba and their devotion to Orishas can be found in many iterations all over the world. While the Yoruba faith involves a rich pantheon, most Yoruba worshippers pay homage to a single Orisha rather than the entire group. It is this Orisha who serves as their guardian in life. Ogun is a popular choice. Of the seven most prominent Orishas, he's one of the most versatile. He's the god of iron and technology, of truth, of hunters, warriors, and farmers. His arms extend so wide, his festival in Yoruba land is famously celebrated by every class of society. Beyond this inclusivity, Ogun is revered as an Orisha with practical values. As the god of iron, the knowledge he bestowed was critical to the survival of the early Yoruba in Nigeria. Smiths are valued as artists and yet indispensable to farmers and armies. The forge is consequently both a sanctuary and a functional necessity. And like the forge, there is duality in Ogun's purpose. He's a great civilizer, but he's also a fierce warrior. Nigerian poet Odia Ofemun remarked Ogun is the warmonger who protects the weak but could also devour them. Yet the humanity of the ancient world didn't seem to be worried about Ogun's wrath. The only one who truly feared his power was Ogun himself. The sky was clear of clouds. The ocean beneath gently churned with cerulean waves. A swath of land, the island of Ife, rose from its waters. And amid all that, Obatala's golden chain extended from the sky. Seven majestic forms shimmied down its gilded links. First Obatala, then Oya and Yemaya. Next came the gentle Oshun, the thunder god Shango, and the trickster Eshu. Trailing the group was the towering form of Ogun. 
all were eager to reach their destination, some more than others. <sighs> are we not there yet? Some things are worth a little patience, Ashu. We are to be part of a new world's creation. Shango is right, Ashu. The sky was fun, but we were aimless. Obatala has promised us purpose, quarreling men for Shango, departing souls for Oya. Olarun's mercy. His speech was boring the first time. I don't need to hear it again. What do you think humans are like? Are they expecting us, Obatala? Don't bother Obatala. He has his concentration face on. He told us they are delicate. Ogun, I forgot you were back there. I did too. You've been so quiet. Is something wrong? I'm fine, Oshun. Though the air feels thicker the lower we go. I don't feel it. Maybe I'm too strong for thick air to bother me. <laughs> Does anyone else's stomach clench? I must admit, I do not feel like myself. What is everyone most excited about? The human's respect. I cannot wait to see the look on their faces when I, Shango the Orisha, harness thunder and lightning before their eyes. Eh, I've already seen the humans. And I'll tell you, they are too stupid for respect. Must I say it again? They are imperfect and weak. Their weakness is what is most exciting, Clever Eshu. They need us to protect them. Oh, we're almost there. I can see the ground. Shango, your massive head is blocking my view. Try thinking humble thoughts. One by one, the Orishas jumped from the end of the chain. Ogun descended last. When his bare feet touched the earth, he shivered. <gasps> the ground is warm. Oh, Batala, why does it prick at my soles like Shango's lightning? But Obatala did not answer. He stood still, staring ahead with concern. The Orishas huddled around him and quickly saw the problem. A thick forest loomed in front of them. Its brush looked impenetrable. Baobab trees twisted around one another like a braided wall. Oshun stepped forward, eyeing the forest with dread. What is this forest doing here? It will take us days to travel through it. Oh, Batala, did you get a little carried away with planting when you seeded Earth? We should go back up to the sky. This doesn't feel right. No, we're not turning back after we've climbed so far. It shouldn't be so difficult to cut a path through. There are enough of us with enough skill. Uh, so it's like a lot of work. Let me know when you finish. Eshu breezed past the frustrated Orishas to lay down in the shade. Obatala got to work. He whipped out his bronze blade and hacked at the woods. But no matter how hard he worked, nothing came of it. The bronze barely cut the thick brush. Finally, he gave up, panting. Oya tried next. She raised her hands towards the sky. A storm burst from her fingertips. Lightning ripped into trunks. Hail smashed branches, but the forest wouldn't give way. For hours, the Orishas tried different tactics to get through. Yamaya, Oshun, and Shango attacked the brambles with rocks and bronze weapons. Nothing worked. 
Ogun stood back watching. The soles of his feet prickled again, like little sparks bouncing beneath his feet. His stomach twisted with nerves. My fellow Orishas, should we not reconsider? Sometimes barriers are in place for a reason. For entertainment? No, for protection. We are Orishas. What do we need protection from? (sighs) Not protection for us. Protection from us. What a ridiculous idea. We are here to aid the humans. Why should they fear us? What are you saying, Ogun? You don't trust us? From what Obatala has told us, humans are fragile. And the ground, you don't feel it? Its energy pricks at the soles of my feet and my stomach won't stop churning. I think something is telling us we don't belong here. Ogun turned expectantly to Oshun, who frowned in confusion. He looked from one Orisha to the next. All of them appeared puzzled. No one else feels it? The ground? It's just dirt. Then maybe I am the one who doesn't belong here. Orisha. Olorun? Is that you? Ogun, care to share with the group? Who are you talking to? Olorun. What did they say? Did they tell you how to get through the forest? Ogun tried to reply, but he stopped when the warm, prickling feeling moved up his legs, spreading into his fingers and toes. An invisible thread pulled on him, forcing him to step forward. The Orishas called to him, but he could not answer. All he could hear was the thrum of Olorun's whispers, urging him on. As if in a dream, Ogun approached the tree line. Branches parted before him, and he stepped inside. As he walked, the trees continued to let him pass, gently moving aside, almost in deference. He wove through the dense woods until he came to the mouth of a cave. The voice rose out of the darkness. The voice of Olorun, the supreme being of the heavens. Ogun, I have come to only you. Do you know why? No. You do? Tell me. Because it is not safe for me to be here. Not safe for the humans. I am too dangerous. Why do you think this? The ground reacted to me, and none of the others. And also, it's hard to explain. There's this feeling. It lies coiled in my belly like a serpent. I never noticed it in the sky, but as I came down that chain, I felt the serpent stir. Obatala told us humanity needs us, but I'm not like the others. I have something terrifying inside of me. Even now, it pushes at my fingertips, urging me to act. You feel this urge because the earth is not like the sky. It is full of elements that only you can shape. The very ground you walk upon holds material that your body yearns to mold. It is not a serpent, my child. It is passion. Look. 
Ogun peered into the cave's rocky opening, squinting through the darkness. Suddenly, a beam of sunlight broke through the tree canopy to fall upon the mouth of the cave. Ogun jumped back in surprise. A multitude of glowing specks glimmered on the cave walls like stars. What is all this? It is yours, Ogun. The material of the earth, the energy beneath your feet, to use however you wish. Ogun's fingers twitched with readiness. Olorun no longer guided him. Now his feet moved instinctively. The metallic stars in the cave before him beckoned like old friends. His heartbeat thundered in his ears as he strode forward and stepped into the darkness. Coming up, Ogun Creates. Once upon a time, I thought I met Mr. Wright. The only problem, he was a huge liar. You were going out of your mind because you couldn't figure it out. I'm Abby Ellen. Join me as I tell the story of one con man who entangled his lovers, friends, co-workers, family, and me in an identity fraud scheme that stretched all the way to the Pentagon. Season 2 of Imposters, The Commander, a Spotify original from Parcast, premieres Monday, September 13th. Follow and listen exclusively on Spotify. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now back to the story. Ogun walked through the dim cave with only the glinting metal to light his path. But while outside he'd felt awkward and massive, here he felt elegant and purposeful. He somehow knew exactly what to do. He smashed his fist into the wall, sending down a cascade of rock. He grabbed as much as he could and moved farther into the cave. The deeper he strode, the hotter it grew. Soon, it was blistering. Piles of ore pulsed with fire. Basins of lava bubbled up around his feet, giving the dark cave an ominous glow. But Ogun wasn't scared. He took a shard of metallic rock from the cave's wall and thrust it into the heat. Then he drew it out, admiring how it glowed. Ogun hit the hot metal, and then he hit it again harder. His fervor grew and his blows became more powerful. As he struck, Olorun's voice floated through the air. And you will create the tools of men, and you will lead them into greatness, and you will teach them restraint and respect for this power you'll give them. It is finished. 
I think I'll call this... Iron. Ogun gazed in awe at the tool in his hand. The blade was long and curved with ornate etchings on its edges. It was heavy, heavier than any weapon he'd held. He ran his finger over the blade, wincing as it drew blood. It's beautiful. This will clear the forest. It cuts so easily, Olorun. Olorun? Olorun! Olorun was gone. Ogun was alone in the cave, holding a blade that terrified him. Ogun returned to where the other Orishas waited. He watched them for a moment. Eshu and Shango were bickering. Obatala was agonizing over the fate of his world. Only Oshun sat quietly on the ground by a baobab tree, staring at the forest. Ogun felt his heart flutter as her beautiful, open face turned to him. What's that you're holding, Ogun? It is iron. It's going to help us forge a path through this forest and reach the humans. That looks exactly like my sword. So it does, Shango. Except your blade is... How do I put this delicately... Useless? It's not useless. You are useless as you. Will you two stop bickering? There is no need to feel threatened, Shango. Ogun spoke to Olorun. He knows what to do. I am not threatened. No one threatens the Master of Thunder. Go ahead, Ogun. Show us. Ogun strode to the wall of trees and closed his eyes. He lifted the sword. Olorun, guide me. As soon as Ogun began cutting, his fingers twitched. Warmth spread through him as he slipped into a foggy daze. He felt the world around him, the trees that needed to be cut, the pulsing thrum of the earth beneath his feet. His arms moved faster and faster and faster. A final massive tree gave way, revealing... They have come! Humanity. Hundreds of humans cowered in the shade of a tree beside a river. Wide eyes peered up in awe at the Orishas. Bisi, an old blind woman, stepped out of the crowd, her arms raised above her head. Her milky, unseeing eyes streamed with tears. She fell to her knees, and one by one the other humans did too. Didn't I tell you all? I told you the Orishas would rescue us from this prison of trees. Ogun's heart soared. He had done it. He had cleared the way to humanity. But his arms continued to wail against the trees around the clearing. Sweat poured. His heart raced. The sword flew. He couldn't stop slashing. Shango suddenly grabbed Ogun's arm, stopping him mid-swing. Just below his blade, a human cowered, moments from being cut down like one of the trees. Shango's grip tightened until the fog lifted from Ogun's eyes. I was lost. I almost... I am sorry, human. I didn't mean to frighten you. 
The humans scurried away, back to where the other Orishas were milling about. Ogun looked around, but it didn't seem like anyone else had noticed his near miss. Only Shango gave him a worried look. Shango, I don't know what happened. I couldn't stop. Word to the wise, Ogun. Power is only valuable if you can control it. And if I can't? Then you will have to be stopped. Our gods are finally here. They are finally here. Who among you is our king? I'll throw my hat in the ring and shoot for king. Let us all say it together. Ogun, step forward. What? 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 Ogun cleared the path to the humans. He created the tool that set them free. Surely it is obvious that he should be their king. Just because he cuts down trees doesn't mean he can lead. He's just a gardener. Shango, don't be jealous. There's plenty for you to do. We all have a part to play. As long as no one asks Shango to cut down a tree. I will cut you down if you do not cease your prattling. Shango should rule. He is better suited. I do not need your pity nomination, Ogun. I will find my own kingdom to rule, and when I return, you will all see which choice you should have made. Shango stormed off. Oshun watched him go before taking Ogun's arm. He pulled away to look at the sword in his hand. Shango was right. Felling a force doesn't make me fit to guide humanity. Earth has changed me. I'm too violent here. Or maybe... Maybe this world has just brought out a violence that was always inside me. You just don't know your own strength yet. You'll learn to protect them. No. I would ruin them. Before anyone could stop him, Ogun retreated. He ran as fast as he could until he returned to the forge beneath the earth. There, he flung his iron sword to the cave floor. He sat down in the heat, his head in his hands. Olorun, are you there? I don't know what to do. I almost killed a human, a defenseless mortal that I was supposed to protect. I can't be trusted. But am I just to sit here for all eternity? There was no answer. Ogun looked around at the glittering walls of the cave. His index finger twitched. Then his hands tensed. There was iron itching to be forged. Creation waiting for his hand to shape it. His body hummed with an aching need. He lunged forward intuitively, breaking a cascade of rock from the cave's walls. Soon, his heartbeat soared along with the crash of metal. His hands worked quickly as they shaped minerals into knives and machetes, rakes and hammers. His fervor finally lifted, and Ogun stopped exhausted. Piles of weapons and tools lay around the forge, still glowing brightly from their creation. You've been busy. Eshu stepped out of the darkness. Ogun jumped to his feet. Eshu, I did not invite you in here. Yes, I know. You've been quite rude, hiding away from everyone for a year. A year? It can't have been that long. Lost track of time, did we? What do you want? I want your tools. That thing you used to cut the trees. We need it up there, you know. No one can hunt or build or fight. Good. That tone, Ogun, is something bothering you? 
Much is bothering me. Then perhaps I can put your mind at ease. Talk to your friend, Eshu. <laughs> I know what you do. You pull threads and watch them unravel. I will not bear my soul for you to use against me later. Oh, come, Ogun. You have to give me something. Shango's gone with Oya to find a city of his own to rule. Obatala is in a fight with Olokun. Yamaya spends all her time in the ocean. Only Oshun stays behind, and she's too... nice. I'm bored and feeling a bit useless without anything to destroy. I'm not interested in helping you with that issue. Go. Ogun turned his back and put his head in his hands. He listened to Eshu's footsteps retreat until he knew he was alone once again. Footsteps echoed again throughout the cave. Ogun tensed. I said, be gone. I, I'm sorry. Oshun stood by the forge, her face illuminated by its fiery glow. Her presence momentarily eased Ogun's worry. Oshun? Why are you here? You already know the answer to that. You should forget about me. How could I? You don't know what I'm capable of. Neither do you. Please, Ogun. These humans are like children to me. I want to see them grow and thrive and live. But I know the love and beauty I can give will not always be enough. You cleared the way for life to begin. Without you, Ife would have starved and none of the Orishas would have found their purpose. But we still need you. Humans need tools and protection. Help yourself to my tools. Come with me. Be with me. I worry about you here at the bottom of the earth. You have too much virility for isolation. Oshun stroked Ogun's arm. She leaned in close, her lips almost touching his. Uh, I am fine. No, no! Stop it, Oshun! I've made my decision. Nothing you say or do can change that. You were no better than a shoe, trying to trick me into doing what you want. Fine, enjoy your tomb. Oshun strode out of the cave, her cheeks flushed from rejection. Ogun was once again alone, just as he seemingly preferred. He returned to forging, but Oshun's visit had rattled him. He could no longer slip into the dreamlike fog that had once consumed him. Finally, he sank to his knees in frustration. Olorun, guide me! Please, I need to hear your voice. Oshun's words eat at me like a disease. <sighs> to leave is to risk the destruction of humanity, but staying hidden. If Oshun is right, that could hurt the humans as well. There was no answer. So Ogun argued with himself, but soon he could no longer justify remaining in the forge. 
So, just as surely as Ogun's feet had led him to the darkness of the cave, they now slowly guided him back towards the light. Coming up, Ogun confronts his deepest fear. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Now back to the story. Ogun emerged from his forge, squinting against the sunlight. Trees towered over him. A bird twittered on a branch as if in greeting. Ogun eyed its frail wings. He carefully reached out a hand, allowing the bird to hop on a finger. Hello, little one. You're so delicate. I'm not hurting you, am I? (laughs) I just have to be careful. The bird took off suddenly, and with it went some of Ogun's fears. He walked until he reached the fringes of Ife's settlement and hovered beside the river. The baobab tree in the clearing's center had fabric strung from it, creating a small patch of shade that humans hovered under. Others played in the river, cooling off. Laughter filled the air. Oshun danced through it all elegantly, her yellow and white robes swinging. Ogun watched, mesmerized by her ease. Her eyes met his, and he flinched. They'd exchanged harsh words in the forge, but there was no anger in her gaze, just love. Ogun! Oshun, a better argument. I, I don't have time for sorries. Stay, go, the choice is yours. Where are the shelters? There are no shelters, Ogun. What about when Oya brings rain? They endure it. But why? What do they have to build with? Only your iron can cut through trees. Only your iron can sow the fields for crops. Do you see now? Your powers are the key to survival here, and yet you hoard them along with your precious metal. Ogun stared at the humans. They were trying to hover in the shade while sweating over a fire that kept going out. He turned to the trees surrounding the clearing. His mind whirled and his fingers twitched. His body warmed and he could suddenly see it. A village with a multitude of homes, with mud walls, bamboo rafters, and large courtyards outside for gathering. Crops dug deep into the ground so the sun couldn't burn them. Villagers with weapons in their hands to capture game in the wilderness. Yes, he could see it, and his body burned with an urgency to create it. (laughs) 
Ogun started hacking the trees precisely, but soon his body moved only by instinct. He felt the trees breaking under his blows, the houses coming to life beneath his hands. Passion fueled him forward. The humans watched in awe. Only the old blind woman, Bisi, stepped forward with her arms outstretched. Stop! 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 What? Is everyone all right? Stop what you are doing and explain yourself. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make a shelter. Who was hurt? No, explain yourself. How do you expect us to grow and thrive if you do everything for us? Teach us as you build, please. B.C. plopped to the ground, chin on her hands, waiting for him to talk. The rest of the humans did the same. You best start explaining, Ogun. There's much for them to learn. Well, first you want to gather mud from the river. Make sure it stays wet until it's in place. You'll need it to seal the bamboo. And so Ogun stayed and taught the humans. He brought iron tools up from the forge so that they could fell trees, build homes, hunt, and create. Before anyone knew it, years had passed, and Ogun could not imagine being anywhere else in the world. But he still did not want to rule. Each time the people of Ifei asked, each time Oshun insisted, Ogun refused. He was certain now of his purpose— He was a helping hand, not a king. One day, he and Oshun swam in the river. She paddled close, wrapping him in her arms. As she did so, the water swirled in a whirlpool around them. Your heart is beating fast. Because you are near me. You should be used to me by now. Never. You brought me from the forge. You gave me all this. My heart will always skip a beat when you're close. I think it is the beauty of the world you love, the village you've created, and the people you have come to feel responsible for. Ah, it is thrilling to see the world grow under our fingertips. All of it, yes, all of it. They are my people. And yet, you will still not be their king? Not again, Oshun. Please. Let's enjoy the moment. (sighs) Yes, let's. Eshu, how long have you been there? The trickster Orisha lounged on the bank of the river. His feet were propped up on a rock, and his head lay on a pile of moss. There's something called privacy I would like to teach you about. (sighs) You won't have time. Oh, and why is that? Shango has returned. He's leading a group of humans. Angry ones. They've come to take your iron. Yes, there's something called war I would like to teach you about. But then again, I have a feeling you'll learn soon enough. Shango is attacking us? I knew he was upset, but I thought his fury would fade when he realized that I was just helping Ifei, not ruling it. I can see how you might have thought that but he was still quite livid when we spoke. Ranting about how he's the rightful king of Ife, and that he's stronger than you, and something about promising to stop you 
Yada, 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 he does tend to ramble on. Shango wants war. We can't let him have it. We have to run. I'm afraid it's too late for that. Look, on the hill. Sure enough, on the hill above Ifei loomed a wall of bodies. Their bronze spears glinted in the light. Carts were filled with rocks ready to hurl into Ifei. These were the people of Oyo, Shango's new brood. Ogun, arm your people so they can fight back. Ogun and Oshun rushed to the village as the enemy strode down the hill. Where before Ogun had given the people of Ife tools for farming and building, now he handed them spears and swords for war. Tears streamed down his face as he did so. His heart hammered in his chest. I am teaching them to kill. No, you are teaching them to survive. And then the enemy was upon them. The Oyo warriors swarmed Ifei, but they were not ready for what they found. The Oyo threw torches at the homes, but the mud-packed walls failed to ignite. Ogun's people plunged iron spears into flesh, their machetes easily hacking through limbs. The enemy might have begun the attack, but they'd walked straight into their own massacre. Screams filled the air along with the stench of death. Ogun trembled as he watched the destruction. The weapons he had crafted so lovingly now seemed ugly. His people seemed violent. When Ogun faced Oshun, he expected to see a similar horror etched into her face, but her eyes shone. (laughs) Are you not proud of how they fight? What have I done? You have saved your people. Ogun shivered and pulled his hand away. He looked at the death, the fire, the fury, and up on the hill was the towering silhouette of Shango himself. Enjoy your victory, Ogun! (laughs) But do not sleep easily, brother. Our war will not be decided by one battle. Ogun could feel Shango's rippling fury from where he stood. This was what he had feared all this time. This was the destruction that comes with creation. And it was all his fault. I haven't saved anyone. I have doomed them. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with part two of Ogun's journey. Our reluctant leader will have to decide once and for all whether he will accept Ife's kingship or run from his fear of destruction. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark, classic tale. We'll be back next week with the conclusion of this epic story. 
Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Kai Jordan, and Julian Smith. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thank you.